You are listening to Go Full Crypto. My name is Murgakshi Palway. In this episode, my co-host, Keegan, is going to tell us about how he paid up $60,000 worth of student debt with Bitcoin. Let's begin. Hey, Keegan. Hi, Murga. We are going to talk about debt and money. We are. <laughs> I'm happy to speak about this. This is a favorite subject of mine. That's fantastic. Let's begin. So you had how much student debt? Right. Uh, after four years of going, four and a half, four and a half years of going to university, I graduated with about sixty thousand dollars in student loans. That's sixty thousand Canadian dollars. Sixty thousand Canadian dollars. About forty thousand of that was government loans, and twenty to twenty-five thousand of that was uh, a loan through my bank, which was uh, Scotia Bank at the time. Okay. So after you graduated from university, what was your mindset about your loan? Right. I was feeling pretty bummed out about my debt, to be honest. Uh, and this is actually like a misconception of mine that I had at the time. Like I thought all debt was bad. But it turns out, as I learned later, there are some debts that you can make work for you and some debts that don't. Uh, and in this case, uh, my student loans, they were like more in the category of debt that wasn't working for me. Uh, so with some debts, you can claim bankruptcy and get rid of the debt. But student debt... Uh, through a government loan or through a bank loan, uh, you can claim bankruptcy, but you'll still have that debt. You'll pay that forever. That's true. I remember listening to a ton of Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, educational instructional videos. Yeah, they're amazing. They're, they are very good. And he talks about good debt and bad debt. And bad debt is student loan debt or when you buy a house, but you aren't really finding a means of making money off of the debt that you get when you get a house. Yeah, it's possible, right? We can make our debt work for us. Uh, in this case, uh, I do like to think positively about the $60,000 that I spent to go to university because essentially it launched me into uh, good career choices and, mm -hmm. uh, and good financial stability now. Uh, I would never have discovered cryptocurrency or, or Bitcoin if it hadn't been for uh, me taking on a computer science degree. So in that frame of <laughs> reference, the debt was very good to have. Let's So let's go back to your mindset. You thought of it as bad debt. Yeah. Did you want to pay it off as soon as possible? That was the goal. Just get rid of it as soon as I possibly could. So what did you start doing after graduating? Uh, right. So I got uh, I went through three jobs um, in the matter of three years. And my first job, I was uh, just worked at a startup called The Money Finder, and they're now called Cashflow. And I was just a junior developer there making a, a pretty medium sized salary. But I, I did two things with uh, with my money. One, I put every last penny I had into my debt um, and uh, whatever money I didn't have uh, paying on my debt. Um, I invested it in cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically. Why did you think to invest part of your paycheck in Bitcoin? Honestly, like so in 2015, that's when I bought my first Bitcoin and it was it was a bit of a Hail Mary. It was a bit of an experiment. I really just wanted to see what happens. I'm in that moment. Uh, I made a commitment. I said, OK, I'm going to buy this one Bitcoin and I'm going to set it aside and I'm never going to touch it. And that that was my small commitment that I made with myself. It's like, okay, when I'm 60, I hope this is worth more than the $500 that I paid for it. And that, that was my mindset at the time. All right. So from your first job itself, you started putting some money into Bitcoin. Yeah. What happened with the next few jobs? Did you continue? Uh, yeah. So let's just uh, 
go back to my debt for a moment. Uh, the debt that I had with my bank, that was a higher interest rate, and they wanted the money immediately. Whereas the the loans that I had with my government, I was able to uh, succeed in. Um, there's programs that I can defer my interest payment uh, to a later date, and I and I made that happen. Uh, so I wasn't obligated to pay my government student loans immediately after I graduated, where I was obligated to pay my bank loans. Okay. Yeah, and so, so that's just... what I was doing. I had to first pay off my bank loan because I had three loans at that point. Okay, hang on. Let's recap. Yeah. You just said you had three loans. Yes. One of them was a government loan. That's right. And the government two, two, were... two of them were the government loans. That's right. And you could defer paying back to a later date because of the government yeah they were willing to throw me a bone awesome thank you canada thank you canada <laughs> uh and then the the other two loans or the other one the, the other one loan was with the bank okay yeah. and that was your goal was to pay that off first that's right because you didn't have a choice with deferring payments for that that's exactly right okay yeah fantastic and that was putting a drain on my cash flow essentially they were mm-hmm. taking uh some of my paycheck every month and I had to pay on a pay on that loan. Right. Yeah. So you decided to invest in Bitcoin initially because you thought when you were 60 it would be worth more than $500. Yeah. What happened? How did you use that to pay off your student debt? Well, I, I started to watch that investment of mine rise um, <laughs> over the course of a couple of years and it rose from $500 to about 1000 and when it doubled, I started to think a little bit more critically about this. It's like, okay, if I can double 500 in two years, then how quickly can I pay off my $60,000 student loan? And while I was thinking, okay, I need about 30000 to double into 60000 in the next three years. And that, that was where my mind was at the time. And so I started putting more and more of my paycheck into Bitcoin. This was still in 2016? This was at the end of 2016, start of 2017. And just for everyone listening, 2017 was a huge year in cryptocurrency. Bitcoin on January 1st was about $1,000 Canadian. Of 2017. On 2017, yeah. And then at the end of 2017, Bitcoin was about $25,000. And so it rose by a factor of 25, which (laughs) that, I mean, that alone is how I managed to pay off my student loans. Uh, Just the small amount that I was putting in in January uh, managed to multiply significantly and put me in a very good position to, uh, to pay off my debt. All right. So recapping just to the end of 2015, start of, sorry, end of 2016, start of 2017, you initially invested in Bitcoin because you thought you would get gains from it later in your year. But then you realized the philosophy behind Bitcoin and the values that Bitcoin brought to this world were greater than waiting uh, for so many years for your investment to double. So you started putting in more money in your Bitcoin investment. Yeah, that's right. So that's actually why I've stayed in cryptocurrency. You touched on a really cool concept in the Bitcoin world or in the cryptocurrency world. You come for the gains. Most people hear about cryptocurrency through their friend that got rich in college because they mined Bitcoin on their laptop computer and then now they're a millionaire somehow and like that's an enticing conversation to have right you 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 come for the gains but what you end up staying for is the philosophy and the underlying principles of cryptocurrency and of bitcoin right what i wanted to cover was in the 2017 when you started pouring more money into bitcoin from your paycheck um, that was not because you had fear of missing out or fomo you started realizing that your investment was giving you better returns and at that point start of 2017 did you think that you were going to liquidate your 
um, profits or gains from the rise in bit, the price of Bitcoin to pay off your debt. Right. So I did actually make a bit of an amateur investor mistake in 2017. I didn't set myself a target, a sell target. Right. So if I'm sitting down as an investor, it's a really good idea to take a motion out of the picture. And the way that you do that is, OK, here's a thousand dollars. I'm going to sell uh, my Bitcoin where this when this Bitcoin is worth two thousand dollars and get, a, you know, a thousand dollars back, a thousand dollar profit. And I, I didn't do that at all. I just kind of left my investment uh in, in Bitcoin and just to see what, what would happen. My goal was to pay off my student loans, uh, but I didn't have like a financial target. And so I didn't end up selling when Bitcoin was worth 25,000. I sold on the way back down when mm -hmm. Bitcoin uh, was decreasing very rapidly and I ended up selling at about 18,000. So at what point in either 2016 or 2017 did you decide that you were going to liquidate the investment that you made in Bitcoin to pay off your debt? Around this time, I started learning about cash flow and what debt does to my cash flow. Sorry, around what time? Around 2016, 2017. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what I was realizing is that, okay, I've got this amount of money coming in every two weeks from my paycheck, but this amount of money is coming out because I have debt and that there's not a whole lot I can do about that. I'm obligated to pay my loan. And so I, I rationalized, okay, well... Bitcoin is going to continue to decrease, maybe. Uh, either way, I can turn it into cash right now and pay off a significant chunk of my debt in order to free up more cash flow. And I can do more things with the cash flow that I've then freed up, allowing me to have more freedom with my money. All right. So that was your mindset shift in 2016, 2017. You started pouring more money in your Bitcoin investment. And towards the end of 2017, you said that you didn't have a sell target. You were, say, an amateur investor. Definitely amateur. You learned from your mistake. And then you liquidated part of your Bitcoin investment on the way down from the from 25,000, one Bitcoin being equal to 25,000. When did you decide that you were going to use that money to pay off your debt? Uh, well, to be honest, I did look at a house as well <laughs> in uh, in the beginning of 2018. Uh, I, I did decide that uh, it was a better thing for me to do to, uh, to pay off my debt um, faster, quicker, because I eventually wanted to start a business. And I wasn't comfortable starting a business with having debt obligations at the same time, because from the research that I did about starting a business, it's uh, pretty capital intensive <laughs> and uh, we can, you can kind of expect not to make money for the first year or first year or two. Um, and I wasn't comfortable having debt and starting a business. And so I wanted one completely out of the way, the debt, I wanted that completely out of the way before embarking on this new set of risks. All right. So when you did liquidate your investment in t the end of 2017, you weren't going to necessarily use it to pay off your debt, but you were thinking of buying a house. Mm -hmm. And then again, you thought about it a little bit more and decided, I don't really want to buy more debt uh, before getting rid of the first one. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, and I do actually want to stress a point about financial literacy. I, I attribute most of what I know about the way that finances work, and that's debt, that's savings, that's cash flow. Uh, I I learned about these concepts through cryptocurrency. I, I probably would not be uh, as heavily immersed as I am in my finances had it not been for cryptocurrency forcing me to understand these concepts. 
And so like that that includes diversification diversification of my portfolio. Well, I'm actually going to raise a point here. Sure. I can't really imagine or believe that cryptocurrency taught you it more than believing that you decided to be more curious about what cryptocurrency enables and then using it as a tool to empower yourself with financial literacy. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So how much of this would you attribute to the luck of the oh, market? <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah, timing is, is everything. Uh, you know, if, if we could uh, go back in time, every person um, would invest in Bitcoin in 2009 <laughs> as soon as it came out. Uh you know, me included. But uh, the fact that I invested in 2015 and, and then continued investing um, afterwards as, as much as I did, that that was pretty uh, that, circumstantial. It was a lot based on luck. And at, at the same time, we can actually look back and understand what made Bitcoin go parabolic, what made it uh, go on an exponential price increase in that short period of time. And that's a really interesting conversation as well. Right. So at this point, I guess for those who don't know much about Bitcoin, it's important to know that in 2009, when this cryptocurrency was launched, it didn't have any value. Zero. <laughs> it was worth nothing. And it was only traded over, uh, not even, there was no over the counter. There was no exchange. It was just exchange between people mm -hmm. who believed for it to have value. And well, 2009 to 2017, there's a lot to cover in that time period. Yeah. But end of 2017, early 2018 is when it reached its peak in price where one Bitcoin was equal to 25,000 Canadian dollars. And now uh, it's gone back down. And this might seem a little bit confusing to someone who doesn't quite understand how Bitcoin is getting its value. And we will cover that at a later episode. Definitely, because it's very fascinating. What I want to cover next, Keegan, is people who are listening to this right now. They might be in a situation where they have bad debt or they might have debt and they just want to get rid of it. What have you learned from your mindset that you can empower our listeners with? Right. So I was able to make the decision to pay off my debt because I followed a rule that has nothing to do with cryptocurrency. The rule that I followed was pay yourself first. And I realized that I'm coming from a bit of a privileged position in saying that. So I did have a, a nice job that actually gave me more money than I needed to spend on a bi-weekly or a monthly basis. So I did have money to pay myself. But the point is that I did pay myself. I paid myself in, in, uh, in the form of cryptocurrency. I bought Bitcoin with the money that I was investing for myself. And that hang on, yeah. hang on. I'm a little bit lost in that thought process. Sure. Um, when you say choose to pay yourself. Yes, pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. That, that can be interpreted in so many ways. Can you clarify what you mean by that? Yeah, uh, whatever you can manage. It might be 1% of your paycheck. It might be 15% of your paycheck. But take that amount and put it away in a place that you can't touch. That might be a savings account or that might be an investment. Right. Okay. So when you say pay yourself first, it can be analogous to save your money first. Mm -hmm. So save, then spend. Save, then spend. Awesome. And then even with saving, 
um, what is your strategy on saving versus investment? Right, they they can almost be thought of as uh, the can, same thing. They're very they similar. Though? Because can don't we also um, always say invest only as much as you can lose? Right. Yeah. So that that goes into your risk tolerance, and a lot of people believe that uh, that cryptocurrencies are a high risk investment, me included. That uh, they are classified under high risk only because they're 11 years old. It's a completely new technology. It's never existed before, and it's uh, we're not really sure where it's going to be in another 10 years. Uh, so, y- yes, investment is typically something that rises and falls in value, where you would kind of like your savings to be there for you at the end of the day. To hold its value. Yeah, and we have savings account for those uh, for those kinds of, uh, for your savings at the bank. <laughs> and what they give you is an interest rate, right? They give you half a percent or one percent. Oh, and so I'm... what that means is if I give them $100 and they keep it for a year, then at the end of the year, they're going to give me $1. And then I'll have $101 in my savings account. And that's really not a great way to grow your savings. Uh, it's it's right. a very, very slow. <laughs> this is where saving gets a little bit tricky since your investment can be considered your savings if you get a better return on your investment. Um, then that's better than you know saving money where it never grows. So again, that goes into the concept of making your money work for you. Yeah. At the same time, though, just so that this isn't considered financial advice, it's always good to save cash for a rainy day that isn't in the form of an investment, cash that you can access when you are in a tricky situation. Cash, cash is useful to have. <laughs> cash that isn't in an investment. So, okay, let's break it down. Your philosophy was pay yourself first. Yes. Paying yourself first can be in the form of saving money away that you can access if you're in a tricky situation and investing some of that as well so that you can make your money work for you. That's right. All right. That was a good encapsulation of oh. what I just said. Why, thank you. <laughs> I was listening. So, pay yourself first. What else would you tell listeners who want to maybe get into cryptocurrency as an investment to grow their money? Uh, right. So you actually touched on one of the really important things is don't put in any more than you're not willing to lose. And so that that kind of falls in line with start small. And starting small will allow you to do a couple of things. It'll allow you to get off zero. So right now, if 0% of your money is in cryptocurrency, then you're not exposed to the, uh, the potential upsides of, of being in a cryptocurrency and investment. And the other thing is, once you obtain just a little bit, maybe it's $10, maybe it's $20, just obtain a little bit of Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency of your choice. And after you do that, you'll be compelled to learn more about it. And this is, this is my opinion, but I don't think cryptocurrency is going anywhere anytime soon. The internet certainly has stuck around for 50 years and mainstream for 30, and it's not gone anywhere. It's actually pretty clear that it's a tremendously useful tool, and we should use it far into the future. And that's essentially how I feel about cryptocurrency as well. It's only 11 years old. It's mind-blowing to think of where this thing is going to go in the next 50 years. And so it's really important to get off zero and start learning right now. I completely agree with you, Keegan. Cryptocurrency is internet money. Um, Going back to something that you said uh, when you were talking about when you first invested Bitcoin, if I recall what you said, it was you invested in Bitcoin for the gains, but you stayed for the philosophy. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Okay. 
I think it's very important to touch on what this philosophy you stayed for is. So in the next episode, we're going to talk about how Bitcoin started with having no value attached to it, rose to having a value of 25,000 Canadian dollars in 2017, and is back down to 12,000 Canadian dollars as of today. And how this value is determined by people, millions of people around the world, as well as what the philosophy behind Bitcoin really is. Stay tuned. Hey, it's me again. If you had any questions on how you can leverage cryptocurrency after listening to that episode, email us at ready at gopalcrypto.com.